This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Hello, hello. Welcome, Podcast Movement 2022. I'm here. I'm hyped. If you're hyped, let me hear you say yes. One more time, let me hear you say yes. yes. For those in the live stream, sitting at home, let me hear you say yes. yes. I heard it. So the past couple of months, all I've been talking about is how this moment on this stage, the biggest stage in podcasting, this is a lifetime moment for me. Because the story to get here to this moment as a producer is one of the craziest stories that someone could go through. So the way that I want you to approach this presentation today is there's a lot of insights, a lot of stories, a lot of anecdotes. But take what resonates with you today for your personal story. Oh, and we're going to start with this quote. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. So again, welcome to Become Undeniable, establishing the bridge between production, career, and heart. If you're in this room today, you've had that one dream, that one job, or that one relationship that didn't work out. And it's something that burns inside you. But I believe that so on this stage, you're going to hear a lot about innovation, technology, concepts, ideas. But beneath all of that, what I think is really fundamental to the work that we do here in the podcast industry is innovation of the heart. So insight one, start, <clears throat> wow. So insight one, start from zero. These three images right here is when I was at my highest in my career in 2014. There I am at a White House convening. That's a picture I took posing um, when I was starting with a brand new organization. And that, that third picture was the last time I was up on stage talking in front of a crowd. So no Band-Aid. So those were, my those were my biggest accomplishments at the time. But the worst mistake I made was getting overly ambitious and aiming too high. Because the biggest mistake that I made in my career was going to work for someone famous, thinking that that was going to get me to the top. But when I got there, it was just this clash of corporate culture versus activism. I'll never forget that day when I came home from Kentucky and the executive director said to me on the phone, Handel, we're letting you go. You're not good enough. And so from there what happened was turmoil. Not only had I lost my dream job, I had embarrassed myself in front of everybody that had believed in me. You know when you put, when you put those uh, posts on Instagram announcing that you have a new venture career path? 
I had to take that all back. And a year later, my relationship fell apart. So everything happened all at once. So what I believe is, at the time, I had no choice, but I had to take the loss. And, I had, and what I believe is, you have to be ready for the hardest fight that is about to come in this situation. Insight number two, adding value, grassroots. I'm working with a lot of uh, things here. <laughs> All right, so these three images. So that first image was taken a couple of weeks after I was fired. The second image towards the bottom is what initially was called the Handle Media Project. And that third image is what the Handle Media Project became, which is the Immigration Mike podcast. So insight two, passion is your lifeline. So in that first image, you can probably see in my eyes I'm sort of distressed. But that's because that video that I uploaded on Twitter was me essentially begging for a job. Now think about it. I had been to the White House eight months ago, and here I was eight months later begging for a job on social media. But two people retweeted it. Then I started making smaller videos. More people started retweeting it. And I started thinking to myself, there's something here. There's something to people wanting to hear my voice and wanting to share the content that I'm making as poorly produced as it was. So I started doing these short form and long form interviews because what I believed in was the power of the six degrees of separation. Now what that theory states is that everybody in this world is connected by six people. So if anybody knows a connection to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, let me know. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'd love to speak with him. But um, that's the theory that I went on. So people started asking me, Hendel, why, why aren't you immediately interviewing famous people? I said, number one, because I already had a bad experience. But number two, because I believe the audience that I'm speaking to will lead me to the next opportunity, to the next opportunity, to the next opportunity. And that's what I would do. People who are passionate about the podcast, I would bring them on as guests. Those people would share, they would be passionate, I would bring them on, I would bring them on as guests as well. And eventually we got a whole community, a whole listenership going. And that's when I changed uh, the podcast from the Handle Media Project to Immigration Mike. Now, MIC stands for Moving Immigration Conversations, but also it speaks to my love of hip-hop production. Because when I'm producing, I like to think of myself as producing like Timbaland or Pharrell or Kanye West or Swiss Beats. You know, I, I feel that fire and that passion, and that's what I wanted the podcast to represent. So I would say that I changed it around 50 episodes. And I tell people, don't listen to the first 50 episodes of Immigration, Mike, because I was still finding my way as a host, as a producer. But what I did in those first 50 episodes was build a niche audience, build a, an impeccable reputation in the podcast community, and that is what led me to have more influence. <clears throat> Insight three, network with finesse. 
All right, so in these images here, the first one I'm speaking at a university in Boston. I bought the podcast on stage there. The second is a conference at the Univision Studios, and the third is a production studio. So the first thing that I would say to people is you have to be in the building. And by that, I mean you have to take every opportunity and every location to speak. I've spoken at schools. I've spoken at universities. I've spoken with a crowd of 30 people. I've spoken to a crowd of 10 people. I've spoken to a crowd of 100 people. But you have to be in the building to have these conversations and make your voice heard. The second thing is having game and connecting with people that you network with. So about a couple years ago, I was on this date with this girl, right? Gorgeous girl. And I asked her what attracted her about my dating profile, right? And you know, sure, she listed, you know, I like the way you're built, how tall you are. But there was one thing that she said that really stuck with me, and it was, you obviously have swag. And the reason why I think that's so important is because that's what I think is important when networking at conferences where, yes, I could come up to somebody, give them an elevator pitch, or I could come up to somebody and give them a pitch that directly connects with them, that connects with what they're interested in. And so, and, and someone said that to me at the last conference. They were like, you have your pitch on lock. That way, I am connected to what you're saying, and I want to work with you. So I think it's really important in these conferences to really find, to bring your best self to connect with people. All right, and the third thing is the elevator pitch to the top. So every time I go anywhere, I always repeat the same pitch over and over 100 times to every single person. And this was really crucial because after I had been producing the Immigration Mike podcast for about 70 episodes, the craziest series of events happened where one of my guests was holding um, an event in New York City, and then someone else was having a networking event at the Univision Studios, and somehow it crisscrossed, and I ended up at a film festival, and there was when I met the founder of Latinos Out Loud named Mike Diaz. But the important thing about that is when I saw Mike, I went up to him, and I grabbed him by the shoulder, and I said, bro, I produce podcasts, just give me one opportunity. One opportunity, and you won't regret it. And he said, all right, I see you're passionate. Come intern for us. <clears throat> All right, insight four, adding value on the rise. So that's the Latinos Out Loud logo on that first uh, image. The second one is the 100th episode celebration, and that's uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. And the third is the team, and we were uh, taking this picture on top of the skyscrapers in the city. So, so the first thing is to actually work on the building. Now, at the time, I had just turned 30. I had a master's degree. I had about six years of grassroots organizing experience, but I still had nothing left career-wise. 
And so I did everything I could to just be a part of that internship. And so that included sweeping floors, holding open elevators for famous people, running down the hallway to get water for guests. But what I didn't know was that I was learning the fundamentals of what it takes to be a podcast producer because being a podcast producer at its very minimal is project management. So when the associate producer left after three months, they said to me, Handel, you do all your tasks. You're here basically managing the team. We want you to take on the role of associate producer. And so for me, that was a big win because I had spent years now floundering in my career. I spent years depressed. I had spent years unable to get traction in my career. And this unpaid opportunity, making the most of it, now again, just making the most of just sweeping, just holding open elevators, this is what led to me having traction in my career again. And so as an associate producer, I took my role to be to elevate the main event, to elevate the guests, to elevate the hosts, and to elevate the team. Now what we would do is we would work from 4 p.m. to almost midnight. I'd be taking the train back home in Queens almost at 3 a.m. sometimes because I was there from the very beginning scripting, putting together the show, all the way to helping in the post edits at the end. But what I did was I gained the respect and trust of the interns that I was managing, the other associate producers, the hosts, and the guests. So sometimes what this looked like was I was managing five people up to 20 people at a time. And this is what gave me that experience to really have strong project management skills. And I'm, I'm telling you, that podcast was crazy. It was loud. It was boisterous sometimes. And you know, I'm more quiet. I'm a little bit more reserved. But that's where I found the ability to be a great project manager. <clears throat> All right, insight five, be relentless. So this <clears throat> the first image on the left is uh, Jorge Ramos retweeting one of my immigration mic interviews. The second was at my first podcast movement. I believe it was 2017, maybe. And the third, it was taken in Paris, France with one of my guests from the Immigration Mike podcast. So real recognize real. So, you know, from the beginning, I wanted my podcast to be grassroots. I wanted it to be away from the influencers, away from the famous people. But eventually, I started getting into some really important rooms. And so this included interviewing State Senator Jessica Ramos when she first was, was running, State Senator Alessandro Biagi, Paola Ramos, who's the daughter of Jorge Ramos, who is the most influential Latino newscaster of our generation. The fact that I was able to get into those rooms just by saying that I have this podcast which again, at this point, was still not professionally produced, to me just showed the power 
of being able to be in those rooms and talking to those stakeholders. So things were changing with the podcast. The second thing was that that first podcast movement that I went to. When I would network, one second I uh, could be talking to a creator, and the next second I'd be talking to the vice president of Pandora. To me that was huge because it really showed the accessibility of podcasting and this industry where we're all coming to the table seeking for answers. And so the hierarchies were being broken right before my eyes and I thought that was super important. And the third, having an internet, international mindset. So when I went to Paris, the only person that I knew was one of my guests from the podcast, Berenice. And I remember like the cold was making my knee hurt. And so I was like hobbling around for two days. We met up, had lunch, and she was the only person in that country who could take me to the pharmacy and translate the medicine for me to be able to rub it on my knee and get better. But that got me, that made me, helped me start thinking that it was important to start thinking internationally about the communities we're building, not only here domestically, not only here across the US, but internationally. Insight six, event the remix. So I work at Race Forward, a racial justice organization, and when I first started there, I was a communications associate. Now, that was a pretty far fall from the previous title that I had at the other organization, which was National, Campus, uh, National Manager of Campus Engagement. Essentially, I was starting at the bottom all over again. And so I said to my director at the time, Melissa, if after work I'm going and I'm spending time at the Univision studio, I'm learning all of these skills for this trade, and I'm really good at it, why are we not doing something for Race Forward? And so Melissa took a chance. She approved the project. And so that first picture is when we, so um, Siobhan and Hiba are the co-hosts of Momentum, a Race Forward podcast. And the third picture is with our executive director, Glenn Harris. Uh, but yeah, that first picture was when we first, first started. Okay. So the first thing was that the person that had, that had to approve the podcast said, why don't we hire influencers right away and make this podcast big? And I said to him, Jeff, no. At this organization, we have so much magic, so much personality, people that inspire us, that make us laugh, that make us feel what they're going through. Why would we go out there and pay more money when we have all the talent in the world right here? And so that's how Siobhan and Hibba became the host for, uh, the host for Momentum, a Race Forward podcast. The second thing, um, building momentum. So momentum is exciting, futuristic. You know, Race Forward is very black and queer-centered, right? And so I wanted to help bring out their narratives that they were, that they were centering at the time and make it exciting, accessible. Like some of my favorite podcasts like The Daily or Podcasts from Vox. But what I did was I sampled it, I borrowed it to help build that momentum. 
the mix, breaking conventions. So what was important about Momentum was that it promised a brand new frontier for Race Forward. Separate from video, separate from print, separate from the website. It was going to allow us to have authentic conversations, education, learning. But that people could walk away feeling like they could really trust our organization to provide them with that racial justice content that they were looking for. All right, so Insight 7, build your story, all of it. So this goes back to, um, you know, my career is picking back up again. And I'm starting to reach episode 99 and 100 of the Immigration Mike podcast. And at the time, I thought to myself, I need to do something really special. And also, remember, this incident that happened back in 2015 really was still burning inside me, right? So what I decided to do was, was two things. Number one, there was going to be a tell-all where I was going to talk about everything that happened that, le that led me to being fired to the launch of the Momentum podcast. And so there were five chapters. Chapter one, pride comes before the fall. Chapter two, the death of my career. Chapter three, losing everything. Chapter, chapter four, podcasting God's miracle. And chapter five, bad boy for life. Now you'll have to listen to understand the, the point of that. Um, and then that second image, that was the 100th episode celebration that we hosted at Hofstra University on Long Island. So finding the words. You know how many, wor how many pages I wrote for that tell-all episode? I wrote 75 pages. I told the entire story because I had to get it out of me. And so that story became a three-hour long episode that was the 99th episode, and it's one of the projects that I've been most proud of because it was authentically me. It was everything that I had been through, and the reason why I made it was to help other people that could be going through the same thing. And you see that, right? In today's industry, there's a lot of resignation, a lot of firings. Um, so I, what I wanted was for people to find that episode and see how it struck them personally. The next thing is that Everyone wants authenticity. And I saw this because after I released that 99th episode, it became my fastest, highest downloaded episode. And I was really proud of that. And then number three is go big and go home. So I'm just going to go back here to that picture over there. So that was a collaboration with Hofstra University on Long Island. And the reason why that was so special was because the equipment and the room that that was filmed in is the same room where they have held presidential debates for years at Hofstra University. So to be able to host a podcast right there, to me was incredible and was just another sign of the places that we could get into using podcasting. Insight eight, adding value professionally. So this first image is a list from Latina Rebels that was 
released during the summer of the racial justice uprisings. And if you see number five, you have Momentum a Race Forward podcast. Then you have Momentum a Race Forward podcast on the Apple Podcast Top 100, which I think is actually number 80, but I couldn't find an image for that. And the last one was, if you see on the far right, that's um, the number of downloads for Momentum, where it placed on the chart. But this was the end of year report for Race Forward. So the first one, meeting the moment. So that list, you know, so I, I was at home and I got an email during that time from Chartable saying that, congratulations, your podcast has become number one on the Apple Podcast Society and Culture list. I was like, wow, that's, that's a fantastic achievement. But then I got another email an hour later saying, now your podcast is trending on the Apple Podcast Top 200. And then as the hours passed, it kept go going higher and higher. And remember, momentum was just an experiment. This wasn't something we aimed to become big. But what was important was that momentum kept being placed on lists and articles about racial justice that were going viral at the time. And so all the downloads became you know, extremely high in terms of number. Um, because before, we were probably getting downloads like, I don't know, maybe like 100 an episode. All of a sudden, we were getting nearly 10,000 for our most popular one. And so why is that important? Well, because it showed growth and results at Race Forward. It showed growth and results to our leadership team. It showed growth and results to our executive director. And so if we could go back here. So that third image about the featured accomplishments end of year and that the fact that Momentum was featured on there, whoops, it showed that we could take a concept and an idea and really affect the organization's bottom line. Because at the end of the day, whether it's corporate or whether it's nonprofit, it's the bottom line that really speaks about the results. Insight nine, innovate, innovate, innovate. All right, so because of my work in podcasting, I was asked to speak a few times and write a blog for the Audio Podcast Fellows at Stony Brook University. And I think this is important because just like everybody's story is unique, everybody's, everybody has really creative insights. So I wrote you know, a couple pieces. Once, one was about how I think podcasters sh should stop being so nice when they first have shows, right? Because for sometimes when we come to the, to the shows as a podcaster, we're like, we're just so thankful to be here, but we repeat it 20, 30 times in the first 20 episodes. Um, so I thought, I, so that was one. Number two is I talked about how podcasting is simply project management at its core. And the third one, which actually I didn't get to write because we had a change, but does anybody know here, anybody here know the podcast Call Her Daddy? I see you, you smiled. So when I was an intern and I was exploring all these podcasts to take concept and ideas from, that podcast, when I listened to it, I was like, not everybody's going to understand this, but this podcast is one day going to become big. 
and so that's why I think it's important because if I had kept it, kept that to myself and said, oh, like this is an embarrassing podcast, like why would I listen to it? I actually borrowed the dynamic from that podcast and I put it on momentum and I credit that podcast for momentum having become as successful as it was because it's, it's that, that magic dynamic of back and forth between the hosts. Um, so again, that's about creative insights. Uh, so disruption is, is what I was going for. The second image right there, that's the Between Two Mics logo from uh, Squadcast. The story with that is that a few years ago, before I, you know, when I was just learning how to be a podcast producer, I listened to this podcast and I said to myself, there's no way that I would ever be featured on there. That's for successful producers. I, would, I don't have anything to offer them. But two years later, I emailed them and I said, listen, I have this story, this crazy story about how I became a podcaster. Would you mind giving me an opportunity to be on your show? And they invited me on. And they were grateful that I was there to share my story as a podcaster because it was a one-of-a-kind journey, a one-of-a-kind story. And so the other reason why that was important is because it introduced me to the other thought leaders within the podcast industry. So that goes to show that the connections and taking a risk and bringing your thought leadership and entrepreneurship is so important in this industry because we can't just keep it to ourselves. You need to share it, people wanna hear it. And then the last one is entertainment. So I was asked, the third image, the Latinx Heritage Month Summit, that was last October that I was asked to host. And I think it's really, really important that we, as producers, right, we're a lot behind the scenes, we're project managers, but I think it's also important to be really entertaining and engaging and passionate when we talk about our craft to the outside world. So people ask me, Handel, how are you confident? How do you not get stage fright? How are you able to speak to people in this capacity? And I say to them, I've been watching WWE and The Rock perform for almost 20 years. I've picked up some of the mannerisms. I've picked up the confidence. But I think it's important, again, when we present about our craft, when we present about this industry, we show how passionate we are. I'm going the wrong way here. All right. <clears throat> Insight 10, multifaceted is the key. So this past March, I went on sabbatical. I had a three-month sabbatical from Race Forward because I had been there for about, I had hit my five-year anniversary. And before I left, I decided to take on a special project. I went to Las Vegas and recorded interviews with immigrant rights leaders to create a short miniseries for Race Forward. And the reason why this was important is because we had proven the success of Momentum, and I wanted to see if we could do a different type of series that could eventually lead to bigger things for Race Forward. And so remember, my podcast, the first podcast, Immigration Mike, it was poorly produced, it wasn't edited, but it managed to get me traction. 
this podcast, I came as an actual experienced podcast producer, an experienced editor. Again, everything is self-taught. I taught myself Pro Tools, RX7, everything based, out of, based off of YouTube. And when my boss heard this after I completed it, she said to me, Hendel, I don't know what I was expecting, but wow. So for my boss, it showed that I had a lot of initiative and dreams for what we wanted to do for Race Forward. Let me just hear, expanding to new horizons. The second thing I did was I booked flights all of those three months. First I went to Hawaii, then I went with my mom to Madrid, then I went to Paris again, and then I went to Italy. Listen, if you have pizza in Naples, it will ruin pizza forever for you. I promise you. One bite, and I'm like, there is no other pizza like this in the world. But the reason why this is important, and you know, there I am at the at the camp now, the Barcelona, in in uh, um, yeah, in Barcelona. And so the reason why that picture is there is because that's the way I see podcasting. Podcasting, just like soccer internationally, is global, with big deals, and it influences society at the root. A game, see. I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but a game of 15 people, I want to say, if anybody knows the correct number, um, influence money, government, society, trends. And so I know that that's the way that podcasting is headed, and I want to be a part of that. And the third thing, uh, the third image was uh, Podcast Movement Evolutions back in March, April. Now we evolve. And so... That was a really important conference because it was at that conference that I got the encouragement and the confidence to apply here to speak today. Thanks to Squadcast, thanks to the BIPOC creators. Um, but it really was a moment of evolution for me. And, and here's why. So we're returning to the quote from the very beginning. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. So everything that I, let me put this down here. <clears throat> so everything that I went through so far in this journey, from losing everything six years ago to road trips and planes and depression and anger, everything that I went through, I stuck with it and I kept getting up because I wanted to breathe again in my career. I wanted to be successful again. But also, it's a metaphor for what happened to me January 6, 2021. That was the night that I was hospitalized at the Hoboken Hospital having COVID in my lungs. And I had COVID and pneumonia ripping my lungs apart and in that emergency room, at 1 o'clock in the morning, you know what I could think about? All I could think about was podcasts. And would I ever be able to make another podcast again? To recover from COVID was the most difficult, grueling, excruciating process. But once I made it out of there, it was a second lease on life. 
So that right there, that's my friend Tibby, Jose Tibby. He was an intern with me at the Latinos Out Loud podcast. He was the associate producer after I left. And the last conversation we had, we spoke about making it to the top together within this industry. He was passionate, he was full of life, he was a big wrestling fan just like me. And three months after COVID hits the United States, I get that text, I said, hey man, Tibby's dead. So this is someone who wanted to continue producing podcasts, that had all the passion in the world to do it, but didn't get that chance. So I had to bring him here on this stage. <clears throat> all right, so the future. So Race Forward is where I work. Facing, <clears throat> Facing Race is the national conference that happens every two years for racial justice. This year it's being held in Phoenix, Arizona in November. Mass Freedom is our program that works between immigration and uh, mass incarceration. GARE works on policy and government and racial justice. And Color Lines is the daily news site for racial justice news. Now, the reason why, let me just make sure here. So all these brands are undergoing innovation. Race Forward right now is at a peak where the future is bright for our work. And we need innovation, we need ideas, we need to think bigger and bigger. So that's why, and I want you to keep in mind from where we began, right? Me getting fired, losing my dream job, losing the girl of my dreams, because this fall in September, for Race Forward, for the first time in this 40-year history, there will be a brand new manager of podcasts and audio initiatives. It's a position that's just been created. The ink is still drying on that. But this goes to show that you can't deny talent, you can't deny hard work, and you can't deny drive. And so the vision for this is we're going to build an expansive podcast network. We're going to take Momentum and Race Forward podcast to the next level, and we're looking to create long-term innovation. And here's the thing, this is what I keep saying to you know, everybody who will listen, is that I'm a competitor. We will compete with the big organizations that are doing a similar work, with the big podcasts, because we did it once and we will do it again and we will do it again on a bigger level. So that's my handle, but what I want to start finish off by saying is the name of this talk was Become Undeniable, Establishing the Bridge Between Production, Career, and Heart. But if you flip that all around, it starts with a lot of heartache, a lot of heart shattering, which led to me having a new phase in my career as a podcast producer, and eventually it ended up being 
undeniable. Thank you. So we have a couple of minutes for... Maybe two questions. Anybody have a question out here? Production, story, career. I think. Okay, yeah. one in the back. You mentioned that there were several people who helped you stay the course. Who are the people now who you're looking to to help you now grow even bigger and better? Yeah, so one of the important things that I was just saying because I had to interview for this position uh, internally, was that for the longest time in the communications department, I've just been helping other people with their narratives, other people through email, other people through podcasts. What this manager position does is it gets me in the room with those thinkers at Race Forward. And, you know, the, the position, you know, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's, you know, a next level in terms of, like, career. But I think that it gives me the leverage internally and externally within Race Forward to be a part of narratives, to be a part of shaping. And that, to me, is the next step as a communications professional. Um, and as far as like community, I mean, Maribel, you helped me be here right out here on this stage. So <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the answer. I'll take the last question unless anyone else has one. Okay, All right. so at one point you mentioned yeah. having right. 100 downloads and then you suddenly went to 80,000. 10,000. Uh, sorry, yeah. okay, my bad, 10,000. What do you think was the X factor between those two episodes or that timing? Well, here's the thing. Momentum, even though like it belongs to a racial justice organization, like we didn't, how should I say, we didn't use ads, we didn't promote, we didn't, you know... Um, but the thing was, the podcast itself was good. It was entertaining. It was engaging. So it started appearing on those lists virally, right? So this was during the top of, time of the uprisings, right? So Momentum had just been in existence for about a year. And all of a sudden, like, it's along with, like, Kimberly Crenshaw and, like, New York Times and, like, all these other big podcasts. So if Momentum wasn't as entertaining, engaging, or good, it wouldn't have been included. And so to me, again, that just showed that you couldn't deny the talent, but then also it showed race forward. This is more than an idea and the concept. This will affect your bottom line. And that was like what led to race forward begin investing bigger into podcasting um, to the point where like we're building a network, we're taking momentum to the next level, and we want to create long-term innovation. Great. Thank you, Hendel. Everybody, can we give Hendel a round of applause? Thank you for sharing today.